What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Big Easy Wrestling. I'm your host, Dustin Structure, my co-host. Dave. And we have a special guest today. Our first interview in quite some time, so I'm excited for this. Well, let's welcome uh, JT Energy to the show. How, how's it going? It's going great, my friends. How is everyone? Uh, how is everyone tonight? Pretty good. Even Pretty better good. now. Always love doing interviews. It's always kind of one of the more fun things to do. So, but uh, excited to hear what you have to say. So um, I can I can tell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, um. So I want to start off right off the rip because I saw and I'm curious that you quote tweeted one of us that is tonight the night you're going to call out Danahausen. What are you calling him out tonight? Uh, you know what? I think there's some sacks of money in my future. And I only know one person who has many, many sacks of money. And I think I deserve one of them because as far as I'm concerned, Mr. Don, Mr. Danhausen is hoarding all the monies just like he's hoarding all the teeth, especially with his new fame that came out of nowhere when he was on the Conan O'Brien podcast. Oof. That's some fighting words there. <laughs> what makes you think you can beat him, though? Like, what qualifies you, do you think? Uh, well, I listened to that podcast, and Danhausen unveiled all of his tactics that he uses on a regular basis to you to beat opponents. He's already given me everything that I need to defend against. So I'm already so many steps ahead. I can also use Conan O'Brien against him now. Just because Conan O'Brien likes Danhausen doesn't mean that he can like someone else. I bet Conan O'Brien speaks the color of money and he likes green. And I bet I could come up with some and persuade Mr. O'Brien in the favor of the six star booty, the Michael Jordan of misting, JT Energy Housen. You know what's funny? What I like that. J- JT Energy Housen. <laughs> so, or uh, my friends have uh, recently taken to Twitter and said Booty Housen versus Dan Housen. So, uh, what what's a six star uh, booty about? Like, what's what coined that? Well, you know, a couple of years ago, there was a couple of guys over in New Japan, Mr. Uh, Kenny Omega and I believe Mr. Okada, who had some six-star matches. And that was the first time the world had ever heard of six stars. Huh. And I thought to myself, the world has never seen my six stars, my booty, because it's far superior to any other professional wrestler's booty a lot of a lot of people think it's the size that matters it's not the size there's so many factors that go into a six star anything and when it comes to a six star booty no one has what it takes to gain the six stars that go across your backside like i do i have a email which i will never unveil to anyone from Dave Meltzer himself saying six stars, no uh, doubt. So does that mean it's fake? Uh, we Dave Meltzer, really? So does that mean Absolutely. it's fake because Meltzer ratings aren't exactly something to be uh... proud of? <laughs> hey, as long as, peop- as long as people keep tweeting and reading and buying into the idea that Mr. Meltzer's star rating means something, then yes, the six-star booty is real. And if people didn't care about what Dave Meltzer said, 
he would have been canceled by now like Jim Cornette. But everyone <laughs> still buys into them, Ouch. still listens to him. So as far as I'm concerned, the more hate you want to throw at JT Energy, the more popular I am. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you were trying to ask something before I asked that? Yeah, I was going to ask you. So um, what happens if your magical plan backfires <laughs> and you end up losing this match? Well, uh, last time I checked, any match that I go into, everyone always puts out some lame thing about how they're going to beat me and how they're going to defeat the great JT Energy. And last time I checked, I have two championships and a cup. Mr. Two Belts, One Cup over here has already thought way ahead of any of his opponents. Everyone thinks they have a plan until they get into the ring with JT Energy. So I don't care how many teeth he thinks he can bring to the ring to pour down my mouth. I don't care what he thinks he can punch me in the groin before the match. I'm just going to distract him with a sack of money, throw it into the air, and roll him up. He wouldn't be able to take his hands off that money. He's so greedy now. Sold out for the old Uncle Benjamin, huh? <laughs> hey, so the other thing you got going, too, is, I mean, you were you were part of the Monday, the Messiah's uh, wrestling school, so that has to be some kind of advantage, too, right? Exactly. If you've seen what Seth Rollins has done over the last couple of years, what do you think he's teaching the people that are going out into the professional wrestling world? Even if I take one ounce of what Seth Rollins has taught and showed us on TV over the past couple of years, you don't think I'm going to be able to manipulate someone like Danhausen or Conan O'Brien into making sure that I come out on top or more popular and more famous and more, you know, you got to make the bank account go up when it comes to a pro wrestling match. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm not backpedaling. I'm not scared. I am very moist and very evil. Have you embraced the vision? Of course I've embraced the vision. Have you seen his suits? I personally <laughs> I personally DM him every single week and say, you knocked it out of the ballpark again, Dad. I appreciate it. I need one of those suits. Dad. <laughs> everyone, everyone needs one of those suits. He's my wrestling father, and I respect him. That's awesome. I love that part. That's always great. So, uh, is that a match that you're wanting to uh, wait for the fans to come back, or when you're when you're wrestling, is there fans back, or like what's the status of that? When do you want to have that match? You know what? I'm gonna let the universe tell me when that match is ready. I don't want to rush anything that's not ready. And right now, if Dave if if Dave Housen, as Dan Housen calls him, is not ready to book. JT Energy versus Danhausen, then maybe it's not the right time. But there will be a right time, and there will be a place, and there will be a time, and JT Energy will stare across the ring at Danhausen in his little jar of teeth, and we will make some magic happen as I spritz myself with my mister, and he makes a very evil face at me. <laughs> so, have you personally reached out to Conan and Brian to one up him? Uh, no, absolutely not. Conan O'Brien is a busy man, and I will take my sweet time when it comes to my plan and whether it involves Mr. O'Brien or not. I've been a big Conan O'Brien fan for a very long time. Uh, I probably, through my telepathic thoughts, sent him the idea of the string dance that has become so popular with Conan O'Brien, and I could show Mr. O'Brien what my dancing skills are, and I'm sure he would be wooed towards me versus the very evil Danhausen with his silly little cape. 
Oh boy, <laughs> dance <laughs> off, huh? <laughs> dance in the squared circle and then dance on Conan O'Brien. That would be something. What an it? <laughs> Maybe we'll have a sing along afterwards. Oh, of course we'd have a sing along, and who better to perform just uh, an outstanding rendition? I would probably sing "Kiss Kiss from a Rose" by Seal because why wouldn't you sing that song? Um, and I would make the internet fall in love with me, not the Danhausen. Dave, you got anything to add? No. So, obviously, you have that going for you. Once you wipe the floor with him and you know get the money, is there any other uh, wrestlers you want to call out and that you have your eye on match-wise? Or? Uh, I would just appreciate if everyone would start calling me out and put some respect on my name. I'm really tired of everyone on Twitter calling out all these people when they don't have time for them. You know who does have time for them? Me. But everybody else wants to call out all these people they're not going to get responses from. They don't want to call out the people that are actually going to come to them and say, oh, hey, you put my name in your mouth? Let's make some magic happen. So if everyone would take to their Instagrams and their Facebooks and their Twitters and their Snapchats and their TikToks and start putting the name JT Energy in their mouths, maybe they would get a little bit more traction in the world of independent professional wrestling. But all these idiots want to call out all these people that unfortunately lost their jobs from WWE or are currently employed in places like AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and you know they're not going to get a legitimate response from them. So if everyone would just smarten up and see what the future holds, maybe you could get dream matches ahead of time before people get signed, and then you can no longer have a match with them. You would be sick. The six-star booty versus Samoa Joe, Samoan submission machine. Would that be something you'd be down for? Uh, I mean, there's multiple ways to, to win a match. And just because Samoa Joe is a monster doesn't mean that he's undefeatable. I've seen him wrestle in TNA. I've seen him wrestle in WWE. And I've seen him lose. So just because someone is not a monster like Samoa Joe doesn't mean that he's undefeatable. So yes, Samoa Joe would hurt me. And I'm not stupid. He might even try to tap me out, choke me out, make sure that I don't ever come away from that match the same again. But that does not mean that I don't have a chance in beating Samoa Joe. How would you fare against MJF? Ooh, MJF. Mr. I like to run my mouth and act like the world doesn't owe me anything because I have a silver spoon up my ass. Yeah, MJF. He is, uh, he's quite the, quite the thing. He's, he's, uh, he's been uh, all, all over the place. But the problem is, is he just, he talks and he talks. And he's bigger and he's greater and he's backed it up. And now he has his group on AEW. And you think I haven't paid attention to all these things? Again, MJF. I'm not taking an ounce or a shred of anything that he's earned in this business of professional wrestling. And if he wants to think he's better than myself or any other person, of course he can do that. He can go ahead and improve that. But last time I checked, someone like Samoa Joe made sure that the MJF, he acted and felt like a little bitch when he got shoved to a side (laughs) as a security guard on WWE TV. So even someone like MJF can be put in his place so even though he's at the very top of the AEW mountain, the worst part about being at the top is the only place to go from the top is down. It seems like the inner circles had that problem. The Joe shove on MJF and then the super kick on uh, Sean Spears. It sounds like maybe you might have to recreate on it. Some of them maybe take some spots in the inner circle if you 
needed. Yeah. I mean, I have I've learned under Seth Rollins. I've learned under Merrick Brave, some of the greatest heels in the Midwest. I've wrestled against people like Jerry the King Lawler. I've been on Monday Night Raw and got destroyed by Eric Rowan. And if you don't think I've learned a couple things along the way to be as smart as I am now, to reach out to people like you to get my message across, because your listeners are going to tune in and go, Jesus, JT Energy can really talk. I think he might know what he's doing here. Those people are going to realize that people like MJF, like Danhausen, it's only a matter of time before someone like JT Energy stops, takes his moment, and someone realizes we need to scoop this guy up because if we don't, we are missing an opportunity with someone who knows how to entertain and wrestle and talk. And that, that, my friends, that sounds like I'm knocking three things out of the ballpark. So I'm not afraid to face someone to make sure I stand out on any professional wrestling card. And if you want to give me a, a microphone to cut a promo or a podcast, which as far as I'm concerned is a promo, I'm going to make sure that you leave with the name JT Energy in your brain and you will seek me out and more of me. Absolutely. So, amen. go ahead, Dave. We're gonna oh, I just said amen. <laughs> um so you mentioned that you uh wrestled eric rowan you know if you're you know so good as you're saying you are what happened why are you not in the e hey you know what i got compliments left and right after that match even the nod of approval from the man himself who put his stamp of approval on jt energy saying you know what you may have lost but the people that saw you around the world on tv they will remember you. Every year, when the Christmas episode rolls around, you know what they're going to remember? Wasn't there a guy who pulled candy canes out of his trunks <laughs> and tried to give it to Eric Rowan? And Eric Rowan fed candy canes from my trunks to his little spider. So I don't know who's weirder. Me, the guy that's pulling stuff out of the back of his trunks, or the big guy with the red beard who is dropping things to a mechanical spider. I mean, which one of us seems more sane in that scenario? Probably Eric Rowan. Oh, my gosh. Okay, here we go. We got an MJF lover on, on this podcast, apparently. <laughs> Somebody who wants to just cut me down and not build me up. So, how in the world, I have to ask, how in the world do you keep candy canes in your trunk? Like, how are you able to manage to even keep those in there? <laughs> are you kidding me? When I was backstage, you know what? I was sitting there with Liv Morgan. And she was giving me ideas of where to put candy canes. And I'm like, Liv, uh, Liv, we can't put candy canes there. That's not appropriate for TV. And Devon <laughs> Dudley said, are you kidding me? We got to put them in other places, somewhere that's evident. And I go, hey, Devon, how about the six-star booty? And he goes, what in the world is a six-star booty? And I turned around, and Devon almost fell out of his chair. And he goes, oh, my God, put the candy canes back there, kid. That's the moneymaker. I'm just I'm just imagining everyone's head going into the gutter when we're talking Liv Morgan and candy canes. But, uh, hey, you know what? And there's only one person in this conversation that got to experience that, and you're talking to a Mr. JT Energy. That's money right there. <laughs> that's a money maker. That if that don't create money, I don't know what does. I mean, candy canes, Liv Morgan, and Devon Dudley. That's somebody uh, call Eric Bischoff. <sighs> yeah. Can you imagine when Devon's there and Liv slaps him on the chest and says, Devon, get the candy canes. <laughs> so what's uh before you, you know, became this money player, let's take it back to Iowa. 
what why Seth Rollins' school? What led you there? What led you to be a professional wrestler? Well, what led me to be a professional wrestler was my love of professional wrestling. And eventually enough things came together in my life where I had the epiphany when I was in the audience at WrestleMania 31 and I was standing there watching the fireworks go off at the end when Seth Rollins, who had just cast in his money in the bank contrast, he pinned Air, he pinned Roman Reigns. And I stood there and I saw him at the top of the ramp swinging that WWE championship around. And I thought to myself, you know what? That guy is from Davenport, Iowa. And I'm from Iowa. And we are halfway across this country. And he just realized the dream of a lifetime is becoming the WWE champion. If he can do something like that, why can't I start the journey that I've always wanted to? And I made the decision that day that I needed to start seeking out becoming professional wrestler. And I realized shortly thereafter that there was an academy called the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy. And it was only hours from where I was living. And I thought to myself, what better time than now to take a chance on myself and bet on myself and chase my dream of becoming a professional wrestler and see what I'm made of. See if I can do it. See if I can chase my dream and do what I've always wanted. And if I can have the moment that Seth Rollins gave me for someone else, then I will achieve what I want in professional wrestling. And that's to make it better than when I started. Wow. So do you have anything to add, Dave? I'm like, all like an awesome, like asking all these questions. Do you have anything to add? Dave? No. <laughs> so what advice would you give people who want to get into the business such as yourself and how, and what do they need to do to become just as good as a six star booty? So when it comes to the business of professional wrestling, there's only one thing that you need to make sure that you put forth. And that is a hundred percent effort in everything that you can think of that it would take to become a professional wrestler. If you think you need to get in the gym, get in the gym. If you think you need to eat more or eat better, whatever it is, you got to do that. If you don't think you're financially stable and ready to chase being a professional wrestler, then you got to do that. If you don't think your car is reliable enough to travel up and down the roads, you got to fix that. And once you think that you have the basics figured out, then you can jump to the next step. And then you can figure out how to hone your craft and do the studying and find a way to learn and find the seminars and practice your skills and seek feedback and listen to podcasts. Being a professional wrestler is a never-ending learning experience. And as long as you're always seeking stuff out to make yourself better, then you should never find that brick wall. And if you find yourself in front of that brick wall, you can ask yourself why, and you will go ahead and you will find the answers that you were looking for because we're in charge of our own journey when it comes to professional wrestling. And during these past, you know, 13 months or, or so that the pandemic has given us, I found a way to reinvent myself and reinvent what the six star booty, the Michael Jordan of misting what I've become. And that's something completely different than when this pandemic started, because I knew what better time than now to reintroduce the fans to something they thought they loved 
and make it even better. And everyone is not the six-star booty. Everyone is not Seth Rollins. Everyone is not, you know, uh, Samoa Joe or Ryback or Marty Jannetty. Everyone is their own thing. And that's the hardest part about professional wrestling is once you think you can find what you want to do with professional wrestling, you have to figure out how to keep it engaging. Because the only reason that we go to professional wrestling events is because we want to escape. We want to take a couple hours of our lives and we want to enjoy a wrestling show just as much as we would enjoy a movie or we would enjoy a concert. People are making an active choice to come to a wrestling show and it's our job to make sure that even if they didn't come there for us, they leave that show talking about us. And those are the most successful professional wrestlers, the ones that people either boo or they cheer as loud as possible. Even if they hate, you know, hate the good guys or love the bad guys, everybody's going to have their own different taste. And so it's not what kind of impression you make. It's whether you make an impression at all in professional wrestling. Wow. That's about as, that's one of the most in-depth answers I've gotten when I've asked other wrestlers that take <laughs> If you want to be a wrestler, you got to listen to this, that section alone right there. Yeah, this, this right here, that was informative. So, how often was the Messiah, like, how often does he show up with his busy schedule to, you know, help you guys embrace the vision of becoming wrestlers? Well, the, the beauty about what he does with the wrestling school is when I graduated in the fifth class from the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy, during that time period, um, he had just... Uh, he was recouping from his knee injury and was planning on coming back to the ring. And so we got, we were very fortunate, um, not for him, but for us, that he was there quite often. We were learning from him. And I was learning from him even when he wasn't doing anything. I would learn from the way that I saw him train, the way I saw him take care of his body and stretch and recover because those are the things that he teaches us that he doesn't realize because he takes himself. It's such a high level of professionalism when it comes to his job and what he's always wanted to do that he shows you how much it really is about taking care of your body as well as the business of professional wrestling. So I was lucky enough that he was there, you know, three days a week and the days that he wasn't doing um, active wrestling training, he would still be there working out, um, doing his CrossFit workout. So I would watch him do his cardio and strength training and just see how strong he really was. Um, but for a lot of other classes, the only time that he really isn't there is when he has prior obligations. Um, when they used to have the tours where they would go overseas, obviously he had to, he was obligated to go and, you know, be a part of the WWE roster. And depending, on, and depending on whether he was on Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown, um, he would change his schedule up. But he was almost always there two days a week minimum. So when you sign up for that 12-week that course, it's not like, oh, man, how often do I get to see Seth Rollins? It's, hey, I get to see Seth Rollins a lot, and I can pick his brain as much as possible. At the end of every single training session almost, if not at least twice a week, the coaches sit there and they go, okay, it's question time. What do you got? And a lot of times people are so overwhelmed with all the stuff they're learning in professional wrestling training that 
you don't have a chance to sit there and ask him the questions that are actually important. I didn't have the the epiphany in my head until even earlier this year where I thought that I had worked long enough to have matches that I wanted him to spend time and critique so that way I could show him how much I had learned not only from a psychological perspective but as a physical perspective and get his feedback and say, okay, I've been wrestling for over four years now. What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? What are the good things that I'm really picked up on? What are the little things that I can do to make myself stand out and be that much better than some of these other professional wrestlers? They're trying to be signed and trying to be on TV because that's ultimately what you want to do. Just because you have all the tools of the trade does not mean you're going to be signed. You have to knock the opportunity out of the ballpark when it presents itself. And I know they always say that more people are watching than you know. So that's why I live my life the way I do. Because if you're not ready all the time, then there's no guarantee you're going to be ready when you need to be. That's so in-depth. Um, so, what does that mean? You would love? Would you ever want to wrestle, Seth, I'm guessing? like Absolutely. A hundred percent. And it's the beauty of professional wrestling is every time you go in there to create magic, you never know what you're going to create. And the beauty of being in there with someone on his level is he has, it, it, it would be like an architect that built the, uh, you know, Statue of Liberty being with like a novice that was just starting out who, who was learning to pour concrete. And I could look and go, you created that? And they go, absolutely. When you have enough knowledge, you can create masterpieces. And me just being like, it doesn't matter what we even do in that wrestling ring. Because he could take someone like me who's only been in professional wrestling for five years. And the way I would think about having a match, I'm sure he would be able to go, but what if it was done this way? And I would go, whoa you not only know how to highlight yourself as someone on the caliber of Seth Rollins, but you also know how to take someone just coming into the professional wrestling business and show the world what JT energy is and who he is. So that way when people left that match, if they didn't think that I was more deserving than, you know, what he thought of me, that's kind of what you're always looking for. You're looking to have matches with people that are of such a high caliber that after the match, people go, whoa, I didn't know he could perform like that. Because you'll never be able to step up to that next level and kind of level yourself up unless you're with someone there that's already on a higher level. So... He's still here. Um, Let me pause real quick all the time but you're just wrestling people on your same level you constantly have to seek out those battles with people that you know are going to make you better and probably put you in an uncomfortable situation but that's where you learn the most when it comes to professional wrestling you got to make yourself uncomfortable until it's comfortable you're killing it with the advice i mean i know it's off topic but you're like killing it with these answers i have to say like if people don't know who JT Energy is, 
then they gotta know. They're like, going to with this episode. I mean, <laughs> honestly, when you DM me, I'm guilty of not understanding the vision and hoping you make money because I'm like, who is this guy? But now I'm yep. convinced. I am convinced. So that's the, that. That is what I am out to prove to this world. Everyone sees JT energy. They don't experience JT energy, and that's what I talk about all the time. Is that I am not just a picture of some guy holding a spritzer bottle with a tan, <laughs> showing off his butt in in an outfit that you don't understand. But the thing I'm trying to do is to make people stop for a second and go, okay, but there's got to be something here. Like, he has professional pictures. He doesn't look like anyone I've ever seen. And he has active social media profiles left and right. And he came from Seth Rollins. He came from the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy. Regardless of whether I'm in the middle of Iowa or not, I can still stand on the accolades that I was on Monday Night Raw. I've wrestled Jerry the King Lawler. I've gone to seminars up and down the road and learned from people like Billy Gunn and Jimmy Jacobs and Bob Holly. I'm constantly trying to prove to people that I'm not a comedy wrestler. I'm not a technical wrestler. I am something that is completely different. And regardless of who I'm wrestling... That doesn't dictate what kind of match you're going to get from me because what I want to do is outthink the fans. The fans always think they have something figured out, but they don't have everything figured out. And when you can have those fans at the, you know, on the edge of their seat thinking that, oh, good, JT Energy is going to get his ass handed to him tonight, and then I piss you off and I beat <laughs> your heroes, man, what you want after that is you want the next person to come in line and step up to JT Energy. And so if you're coming back month after month, week after week, year after year, and saying, God, I love that every now and then that guy just gets his ass handed to him, then I am doing my job as a professional wrestler. That is the point, is to make the fans come to you, whether it's in person, online, signing up to your Patreon, talking about you, if you're out there and you're not something that people are talking about or sharing or gifting or whatever you want to think, you're not doing your job. Professional wrestling is different now. It's you can you can be what you want when it comes to what professional wrestling used to be, but if you're not smart enough to see what the times are and you got to learn how to make money and take chances on yourself and learn from your mistakes, and that's what I see way too many people doing. They're just being so complacent with the idea of being a professional wrestler instead of treating it like a business and looking at the next five to ten years instead of the next five to ten months. Wow. So what inspired the JT Energy uh, character? Like, Was it certain wrestlers? Was it like a TV show? Like, What inspired the six-star booty? So... I have always had a very, I had a very big um, hip hop dance background influence before I got into professional wrestling. I was teaching hip hop at a dance studio um, with kids from, you know, like first grade up to high school. And before that, I was part of a, a hip hop dance club called Dub H 
uh, at Iowa State University when I graduated from there. So I've been involved with dance for a very long time. And when I got into professional wrestling, I kind of thought to myself, like, that's one of the things I have that not everybody has. Because you need to have things that set yourself apart to at least catch someone's attention, even for a second. So I thought to myself, okay, this is something I have. It's something I can utilize when I'm creating who I want to be. Um, And when I was trying to think of my name and what I wanted to uh, convey to the people, even just by reading my name, was my initials are TJ. But TJ just didn't flow off the tongue the way that JT did. And I realized that when I said the initials JT... A good majority of people might think of Justin Timberlake. (laughs) He's Mm -hmm. JT. And JT is also a white guy that can dance. And I thought, okay, that makes sense. I like JT. It makes sense with my initials, who influenced me, and what I present myself as. Now, when it came to energy, I still partake in having five-hour energies quite often. (laughs) I I love I love a little pick-me-up in the form of a shooter. Um, I'm not someone who drinks alcohol, so if I want to pick-me-up, I will slam one of those babies. And I thought to myself, what better, you know, noun or adjective to describe myself than energy? And energy doesn't have to mean, like, off-the-wall Sonic the Hedgehog. Because energy can be anything from like just a presence that someone gives off. They give off an aura, an amount of energy that comes from them. And that's what I try to do. So when it came to the idea of, okay, what about me do people, what can I direct people towards? And I have decently large quads. I squat a decent amount for my body weight. And the power from your quads goes directly into your posterior chain, which is your booty. And I like to say that for my size and what I can put up and put down, the six-star booty can do a lot in and out of the ring. I might not be the absolute strongest person in the world, but what I do with what I have from in the ring to in the gym, I think a six-star booty is, you know, I think that's a pretty good moniker. (laughs) Hey, but, all of squats and big quads. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a... I, I heard it's an upper body business, but I don't I don't mind showing off the lower body. <laughs> and sure, I'm sure there's a male and female demographic that doesn't mind seeing a pretty good butt on a guy from time to time because I know plenty of the guys like to comment on the women's uh, backsides. So why not we give a little bit for the females in the crowd because wrestling isn't just for males. It's for everybody. I mean, Hey man, you were showing it to Liv Morgan when she was giving you, when you guys were doing the candy canes. I mean, <laughs> Hey, you know what? One of my favorite stories from that night is when I was in gorilla and we had talked about things and I knew my plan of attack is Rusev was up very soon. And he came up to Devon and he looked over at me and said, bro, those are some of the smallest trunks I've ever seen. (laughs) And I said, yeah, I had them made this way. And he goes, yeah, bro, you got your money's worth. Those are great. And I thought, wow, Rusev is putting over my little trunks that are showing off my six star booty. And if someone like that thinks that my trunks look good, then I think I'm doing something right. 
Yeah. You may have to reintroduce yourself to him on AEW. Remind him. That hey, might be money, too, going against I'm, Miro. If we put this out there, Miro's the best man, right? <laughs> well, guess what? The best man should have the best booty by his side. And right now, Lana can't be by his side. And, and Kip Saban, well, he's no more. So I would say if Miro needs someone, why wouldn't we have the six-star booty, JT Energy, with Miro? What wouldn't look better than JT Energy misting Miro as he destroys people with his game over accolade on TNT? <laughs> That's the combination. Sometimes, you argue with that. sometimes, like you said, you need a little booty in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, why wouldn't you want a little booty, booty in the corner? <laughs> so, I saw you tweet on AEW Dark, you wanted a match against Sonny Kiss. Is that one you're like dream matches you kind of have or i have wanted to step into the ring with sunny kiss for so long since i saw sunny on uh, lucha underground and sunny has been on my radar for so long um it's definitely something that i aspire to be in the ring with sunny kiss because i think the wrestler that sunny kiss is and the wrestler that jt energy is we could have a great moment on AEW Dark that would get a lot of people talking because I've watched plenty of matches and I understand that Sonny is very proud of his backside. <laughs> and I'm also very proud of my backside. And we're not going to get on TV and start slapping each other's butts or slapping our own butts. That's not what professional wrestling is. <laughs> but I do and have seen the way that Sonny uses those things to attack people. So... Yeah. I don't mind getting in the ring, proving that I'm smart enough to avoid those cheeks that the concrete rose uses as a weapon. You know what I want to see? That would be cool. But next week, we're having John Skyler as a guest, and he appears on AEW Dark quite a bit. I would like to see this six-star booty versus Southern Savior John Skyler on AEW Dark. Battle of the guests. That would be something. Man, so... You th- let me tell you this. You don't even know the story be- between myself and John Skyler. We actually have a history. Oh, wow. we we were on one of the very last, actually the last pro wrestling revolver show that was in Iowa, and we were in a scramble match for I believe the now defunct pro wrestling revolver scramble championship. And in that match, that was just after I had had the candy canes on Monday Night Raw. Actually, you know what? I think that may have been right before it. Oh, there's so many candy canes during that time period. I Actually, <laughs> it had to have been after it. That's why I'm pulling candy canes out of my trunks left and right on the independent scene. And I was in that match with John Schuyler. And... I hoisted him up in a torture rack and I spun him around and then I spun him out and I dropped him into a neck breaker except I didn't quite hold on to him tight enough and so the back of Mr. Schuyler's head hit my forehead as hard as possible and I thought to myself oh my god I can't believe that just happened and then I looked over and the back of John Schuyler's head was busted open bleeding. No. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, 
this is my first injury I've ever caused in professional wrestling. <laughs> and the, the rest of the match went fine. Mr. Skyler won the Pro Wrestling Revolver Championship. He picked it up. He dropped it in a garbage can and <laughs> said, no more of this bullshit. Not with, not with John Skyler as the champion. <laughs> but what he may tell you next week is afterwards, I made sure that I took care of him as a good brother. And I took him to the hospital and I stayed with him until I was able to get him stitched up or stapled up, get him back to his hotel room with some white claws so that way he could safely, the very next day, be in a street fight, I believe, in Virginia. And I thought to myself, I'm just so glad that after I busted his head open, he didn't look at me and go, okay, sorry, kid, and punch me square in the nose and break it. John Schuyler, he can be a force to be reckoned with, but he also is a kind Southern gentleman, and I can never appreciate or pay back John Schuyler the way he he took care of me after I tried to take care of him because when it comes down to it, nobody wants to hurt each other or permanently alter someone's life. And I didn't want to leave a leave a scar on John Schuyler permanently, but that's what happened because his head and mind came together and we tried to make the best of it. And I also tried to take care of him because if the, if the tides were turned, I would hope that I had someone there that would care enough about me to take care of myself and making sure that I was okay. Especially if you're that far from home and being next to him while he had to call his mom and let him know that he was at the hospital again because he's had multiple times where he's been injured in his career. I just wanted to make sure that I stood by him and made sure to take care of him. Wow. Hey, might have to ask him about that. Yeah. Tell him what get, he thinks. Get his side of the story <laughs> and see if he thinks JT Energy is just a dumb green kid that doesn't know how to pro wrestle and be an idiot. But, yes, I, I thank John Schuyler for – the the compassion that he showed me with someone who was scared to death that they had hurt someone that was on the caliber of him. Well, I don't know. We might have to get the rematch with hopefully no injuries. <laughs> so hey, he just rehabbed that torn I think ACL for a long time, and he's back on AEW and he's looking great. So you know what he has learned from uh, he's learned from the revival and so many other teams. That, you know what, if I could even be around John Schuyler for a little bit of time, I know I would pick up on things left and right because he's got so much knowledge and is such an underutilized talent when it comes to him that he is one of the, to me, the unused gems that's a part of AEW that's only making the rest of their roster better. Yeah, see, uh, our co-host, outer co-host isn't here. He goes to PWX a lot, and John was a frequent there. And yeah, like you, they, he just raves about how good John Schuyler is. But yeah, I just saw John was posting like nine years of his life. He's been with PWX or wrestled for PWX, and putting watching him put the pictures up of all the people that he's wrestled there from you know Johnny Gargano to so many others, and you realize this guy's on AEW, I don't think people understand the history of John Schuyler and what he's been through and the people that he's stepped... Um, 
he would there's limitless things that John Skyler could do. Well, he needs to add JT energy in a singles match though to at least want to see it. That'd be that'd be sick. And I might pitch the idea to him, why not? You wanna bring fights to people, so <laughs> Exactly. Oh, what did you uh what did you call him? But what was his nickname? The Southern Savior, I guess. The Southern Savior. Yep. You know what? Maybe maybe JT Energy needs saving. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, I agree. He's so underused. But so um, besides, so you got John Skyler, Sonny Kiss. Who else is on your radar? AWWE could be anybody. Like I know you want to bring the fight to people, but let's say someone comes calling you out. Who would you want to call you out? Uh, really anybody with a brain on their shoulders. (laughs) I, for once, would like someone to call me. You know who I want called out? I want people, here's who I want to call me out. I want someone like Mansell Warner to call me out. I want the AAW heavyweight champion to realize that I'm not far away from Chicago. I want AAW in general to realize that JT Energy is not far from Chicago and I'm ready to step into the ring with people on that level. I want people like Ace Austin, like TJ Perkins, like Brian Myers, like Matt Cardona, to realize someone like JT Energy exists. I know I'm getting in front of people. I'm just not getting in front of enough people. And it's, is it annoying? Sure. But is life easy? Absolutely not. So... I'm just working towards anybody and everybody opening their eyes. Someone like all ego, Ethan page, someone like Luchasaurus, anyone to just go, Hey, that kid's different. That guy's got something. I think he gets it. He knows how to use his mouth to get the, get the, get the message across. He knows how to present himself with body language that's appropriate to the moment. All these people just keep doubting me and it makes me work so much harder. And that's so cliche. But the problem is I think people just say that time after time and eventually they're not really working harder anymore. They're just convincing themselves that they are. And some people like to work harder by putting in a ton of miles on their car and going to pro wrestling shows and setting up rings and shaking hands. And I've done that. And during the pandemic, I didn't feel like that was appropriate anymore to do. And once wrestling comes back to something of a somewhat normal time where I feel comfortable going to shows and not, not, it it shouldn't feel weird anymore because you can't shake hands anymore. You can't just run up to people and say, hey, shake my hand. That's not the time that we live in anymore. And if I come up to you with a mask on, you don't even know who I am. Like, you don't know if I'm a fan. You don't know if I'm a worker. You don't know what's going on. So I want to earn my keep, but I also want promoters to reach out and see me or answer DMs for once and say, hey, you know what, we don't have something for you right now, but please check back. And most of the time, you don't even get that. And sometimes it can be the same thing when you reach out to a podcast. But luckily enough, a lot of podcasts will at least say, hey man, we're pretty booked up. 
maybe in like six months, check back. And I could care less if that podcast has 100 followers or 100,000 followers. But it's nice to have people want to get back to you, to at least have the decency to say, hey, man, not right now. So I'm trying to get in front of people and let them know what I'm capable of. Because everybody keeps sleeping on JT Energy. But I could go and say, hey, Mr. Seth Rollins, would you put JT Energy on your professional wrestling show? And I guarantee he would go, absolutely, there's a place for you on a professional wrestling show if I was running it. Because pro wrestling, it's like a grocery store. There's something for everyone, but not everybody's going to buy the same thing. But somebody's going to buy JT Energy because it's their favorite meal. And they go back to it over and over and over again. I actually got somebody who you can face. Who's that? A guy named Francis Wright. (laughs) Francis Wright? Where do I find Francis Wright? Oh, I could pull up his Twitter for you. This would be interesting. We had him as a guest before. He is trying to take out the Illuminati that is the wrestling business, and he's trying to purify it. So maybe the six-star booty needs to knock him back into sanity. Or maybe he'll get purified. Who knows? So Francis Wright, you know, PW is his Twitter, so maybe there needs to be a call out that happens there eventually. Francis Wright PW. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll keep that I'll keep that in mind. And when you put this out, how about you make sure at the very bottom of the bio for this, say, hey, and Francis Wright PW, maybe this is your next story of a lifetime. Because if someone wants to try to purify the <laughs> filth you can't wash off, good luck. Because you might as well be watching The Conjuring, because that shit never goes away. Oh. Once a demon, it, once a demon's inside you, like JT Energy, it never goes away. It will live on in the most minuscule hair follicle, and you will think that it's gone, and then it will creep up deep in your soul one day and send shivers up and down your spine, where you will feel it in your nostril hairs. And JT Energy will not be defeated. He will never go away. He will show everyone why the Michael Jordan of misting, the six-star beauty, the six-star booty, he is the one that you need to keep an eye on. So I would gladly face anyone that wants to step in the ring with me. It It is what I'm here for. I am a professional wrestler on a professional wrestling podcast to talk to other professional wrestlers and pro wrestling fans to let you think of dream matches, to think of rematches that I could have that people want to see to pay money for. Because I want monies. I want Danhausen monies. Yeah. We'll definitely have to let him know about that. So who knew this podcast was going to turn into a pro wrestling promotion booking show but I like it. I love it <laughs> I might have to let Francis know definitely gonna let John know next week <laughs> oh I'll take care of Francis part and then Dan Housen that needs to happen that's money but alright I think that's gonna be a wrap for today's show thank you so much uh, JT for coming on the show I mean it's time's flown by fast we've already been recording for almost 55 minutes and uh, it's really appreciated. Thanks for um, all your knowledge and just all the great stuff you uh, gave today. And most importantly, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate you guys answering your DMs, reaching out to someone, 
that you had no idea who they were and letting me have my voice heard by your fan base so that way your fan base can say, hey, this guy sucks or I want to know more about this guy. And if any of your fans or fans of just professional wrestling in general want to see what I have to offer, they can go follow me on any form of social media. All my social media is at DJ, like the club, DJ in the club. Click like you would with a mouse. Yeah, we used to use mice kids. I know everybody's on their smartphones, but it's DJ click the letter N and then play. So DJ click and play. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you want to check out my YouTube, I have put up a plethora of old content and new content since the pandemic started. That is my uh, one thing that I'm trying to get to at least 200 subscribers. And if I hit 200 subscribers, I'll just give away a t-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. At this point, I got seven designs up there. I have a lot of great artists that I've worked with. And I want people to understand that I appreciate them. So anytime you buy a sticker, an 8x10, a t-shirt, whatever it is that I'm selling, because I'm always selling something, I love to throw just extra things in there because it's not about giving you the bare minimum. It's about proving to you that I'll go above and beyond whether you let me on a podcast, in the ring, or you just buy something from me. Um. So how many subscribers are you away from 200? Do you know off the top of your head? Mm, I think last time I checked, I'm at 186. So we're real close. All right, guys. Uh, we got to get him 14 more subscribers. In fact, I will subscribe right after we're done recording to bump that down to 13. Ooh, baby. Ready, Dave here, Will, too. Help you out for doing us a favor. So. Yeah, Dave will probably subscribe so he can watch me get my ass kicked by MJF someday by the sound <laughs> of it. <laughs> Hey, I want to see. I'll turn into dynamite for that. I want to see uh, John Skyler show you something, brother. That'd be kind of interesting. You know what? I have a feeling John Skyler would put me up on his shoulders, spin me around, and just throw my ass out of the ring and say, "There you go. There's the payback, kid." And I want to see you versus Danhausen. I want to see you versus Rollins. Those are some matches I'd love to see, and I hope all those can happen. And most importantly, I hope everyone tunes in. Sees a six-star booty is money and. On that note, we're signing off. I'm your host, Dustin Structure, my co-host, Dave, and JT Energy, and have, ugh, stay going, my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, stop recording.